to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog owners. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm Rachel Harris. I'm a certified professional dog trainer, and I hope to give you a fresh outlook on your dog's behavior and practical dog training advice. Welcome to episode number two. I hope you enjoyed episode number one. If you did, feel free to tag me on Instagram at a good feeling underscore NCO, or you can also tag me on Facebook. Facebook page is a good feeling dog training. Let me know what you liked about the episode and what you found helpful. So today I want to talk about meeting your dog's needs. And I know it's kind of like, that's not really dog training. But if you aren't meeting your dog's needs, there's much more likelihood that you're going to have problem behaviors. I want to help you understand how you can meet your dog's needs the best and hopefully deter some of the unwanted behavior that you may be seeing and prevent any unwanted behavior from occurring. Before I jump into today's episode, I want to talk about the staffy scream again. If you Googled it, I hope you found it hilarious. This weekend, Waylon and I competed in dock diving at the Colorado Kennel Show at the National Western Complex. And he is a lunatic for water. And he was really, I mean, preaching the staffy scream. So I just wanted to play a clip so you guys could hear it. In Waylon's defense, we did name him Waylon. So we can't really be mad at him for wailing when he's really excited. So alas, the staffy scream, ladies and gentlemen. So back to today's episode, meeting your dog's needs. So I want to break this down into four basic concepts that I think are the most important to really be looking at and evaluating to make sure that you're meeting your dog's needs. So we're going to break it down into nutrition, enrichment, sleep, in exercise. And I want to talk about first why they're important. I want to talk about whether they're age dependent or not. And then I want to give you some suggestions and my thoughts about what you can be doing to kind of change up your routine. So let's start with nutrition. I think that the reason that nutrition is important is pretty obvious. If you are not getting the proper nutrients, your brain is not going to be working to its fullest potential. If we're trying to teach our dog something new, we need them to be using their brain. So if their gut health is not good, it's kind of a lot to expect for the dog to learn and retain a bunch of information. So nutrition is very important, just like it is for humans. It's extremely important for dogs. Obviously, nutrition comes from what they're eating. And I know that most people feed kibble and I totally get that for the convenience and and all of that and while I do think that there are some kibbles that are good at the end of the day it is still a processed food I do not think that a dog should be eating a processed food exclusively its entire life if you aren't familiar with Rodney Habib I highly suggest you look him up on Facebook he has done a couple of TED talks about dogs and nutrition and And there is some incredible research helping us understand the correlation between diet and dogs and the rate of canine cancer. If you have ever lost a dog to cancer, it is awful. 
absolutely awful. It's gut-wrenching. And, you know, knowing that we can affect the outcome of how a dog lives its life with nutrition, I think, is motivation enough to feed better food. So I think it's okay to feed kibble as your baseline. But I think that you should be adding real food to their diet. I'm not suggesting that you give dogs food that could make them sick. We know that chocolate is no good. We know that raisins are no good. We know that onions are no good. So don't feed those. But I think outside of that, the sky is really the limit. Eggs are an easy addition to kibble. Yogurt would be an easy addition. Bananas, any fruits and vegetables you have. So I think you have to get creative. Honestly, if there are bananas that are mushy that I'm not going to eat, they go in the dog food bowl. So I think you can practically use food to put into your dog's bowl. Feeding your dog a raw food diet is also another option. That is what I feed Tiva and Waylon, and I'm planning to do an episode in the future kind of breaking that down and how I do it. In the meantime, I think that you have to decide what is the most practical for you at your house. But like I said, at the end of the day, I think the dog should be getting real food in their diet on a daily basis. Something else to think about with nutrition is what is coming out. What does their stool look like? If your dog constantly has runny stool, they're probably not getting all of the nutrition that they need. You know, you have to look at that, right? What's going in and what's going out. Something that I really notice feeding the raw food diet is that their stool is small and they're going way less frequently. And I think what that really boils down to is that the dogs are retaining most of the nutrients that go in their food bowl. So yeah, if you're interested in raw feeding, stay tuned. I'll do an episode about that in the future. But what I'm really trying to convey here is that if we want our dogs to be happy and healthy, we have to make sure that we're meeting their nutritional needs. Is nutrition age dependent in dogs? Obviously, puppies are going to need more food because they're growing, but really, they don't need more quantity. They need more quality. And then, you know, when we're looking at senior dogs, they also need better quality nutrition so that they can be retaining the nutrients better. So nutrition can be age-dependent, but I think At the end of the day, any age dog should be getting a balanced species-appropriate diet. In my opinion, a species-appropriate diet is a raw food diet. If you want to know more about raw feeding, I did write a blog about feeding raw and how I do it. So I will be sure to include that link in the show notes so that you can check it out. But I want to go ahead and move on to number two which is enrichment. Enrichment means giving the dog positive outlets to use their instinctual tendency. So sniffing, foraging, chewing, all that stuff is totally normal in dogs. So we need to make sure that we're setting up appropriate outlets for them to be using those instincts. Um, I think a really easy change that you can make would be getting some sort of interactive food toy to replace the normal dog food bowl. Feeding out of the normal dog food bowl is kind of a waste of a resource, right? Because you put the food in the bowl, they eat it, and then they look at you. So what's next? But if you replace the normal dog food bowl with an interactive food toy, you're encouraging the dog to use some of their natural instincts, sniffing, foraging. 
So you don't even have to buy an interactive food toy. You could just use stuff from the recycling bin. But I think on a daily basis, I would absolutely be making sure that one meal my dog is getting, they're getting it out of some sort of enrichment exercise. There are so many interactive food toys on the market. So you can, you know, just look that up on Google. I also have them listed on my website under products we use. And I also wrote a blog entitled Do-It-Yourself Enrichment, and you can find that on my website listed under blogs. So yeah, that's why enrichment is important. Is it age-dependent? I think it is age-dependent in the way that younger dogs are going to need more appropriate outlets for enrichment than older dogs. But just because they're older doesn't mean that enrichment's not still important. When we have puppies staying with us, she's always like trying to get to the enrichment stuff I've left out for the puppy. So I really make an effort for any age dog to be using enrichment during mealtime. That's kind of, you know, my thoughts on enrichment. I hope that that gives you some good feedback about what you can be doing to change up the feeding routine at your house to make sure that your dog is getting more outlets for enrichment. Let's go ahead and move on to number three, which is sleep. Sleep is also important for the reasons that I mentioned that nutrition is important. If a dog is not sleeping, hitting that really nice deep REM sleep, their brain is not going to be functioning at its greatest capacity. So making sure that your dog is sleeping well at night is very, very important. If your dog is not sleeping well at night and they're not napping during the day, that is not normal and that is not a good thing. If your dog is not sleeping at night, I highly recommend you reach out to a positive reinforcement trainer, maybe even talk to your veterinarian to see what you can do to make sure that you're getting your dog to sleep. Sleep is really age dependent. Puppies need a lot of sleep, a lot of sleep. You know, in the like 8 to 10 to 12 week range, puppies are pretty good about sleeping most of the day. As they get older, you are going to have to be good about doing structured nap time. If you've ever seen a temper tantrum in a little kid, it's also very possible in puppies. So make sure that if you have a young puppy, you have structured nap times. When Waylon was young, probably, you know, honestly like eight weeks until like nine months, I had very specific nap times during the day that I put him in his crate. And sometimes there was some rebuttal, right? He was barking, let me out of the crate. I just ignored him and he usually pretty quickly settled down and took a nap. So if you have a puppy and they are not napping during the day, I highly suggest that you set up nap times. Crates make it really easy. You can just put them in the crate. If the dog is terrified of the crate, use an X-Pen. Make sure that you have some management set up so that you can help the puppy to sleep during the day. As dogs age, they naturally just sleep more. Around my house, Waylon and Tiva are sleeping about the same, honestly. They're sleeping really good during the night. They're sleeping sound. They're very rarely waking up. And then during the day, they're taking lots of frequent naps. Waylon is actually passed out. He's snoring right behind me. So if you can hear him snoring, sorry about that. (laughs) Those are kind of my thoughts on sleep. It is very important. I think sometimes it's overlooked. So make sure that your dog is getting enough sleep. Let's go ahead and talk about number four, which is exercise. 
Exercise is very important, especially if you have an active breed. Amstaffs are very active dogs, so making sure that Waylon gets enough exercise is crucial. Tiva's a mutt, but she might as well be a border collie because she needs a large amount of exercise. Even as she ages, that really hasn't slowed down. So I want to talk about how important exercise is, but also being careful not to over-exercise our dogs. I just want to make sure that we're not confusing exhaustion with a happy, tired dog. Running the dog to a point that they're absolutely exhausted so they don't move, that's just really suppressing behavior, not necessarily meeting your dog's exercise needs. So be careful about that. Um, Exercise is absolutely age-dependent. Puppies do not need formal running exercise. In fact, you should not be doing sustained exercise with puppies. Puppies are should be free to play, you know, in the backyard and play with their the dogs that they live with as they want, but you should not be doing more than like a mile long walk with puppies until they're at least in my opinion like 8 months old. You can go for longer walks so you're outside for more time, but I would encourage a lot of sniffing and exploring and not make it about like you know, doing a death march so that the puppy walks four miles to really tire them out. As puppies age and their growth plates close, then I think you're safe to do longer exercising. But you want to be careful not to do sustained exercise with puppies because it can it can cause growth problems because their growth plates are still developing. So exercise is absolutely age dependent. As dogs get older and their growth plates are closed, then, you know, you're free to do long sustained exercise with them. The dogs and I do a lot of exercise. They both do agility. That's exercise. They get to play off leash a lot. And then we do a lot of hiking. So that's really how I'm meeting my dog's needs in the exercise department. If it is possible, I think that off leash exercise is going to be the best bang for your buck. I recognize that It's not always possible for people to do stuff off leash with their dogs. Some people don't trust their dog to come back. If you don't trust your dog to come back while you're off leash, I suggest going somewhere that's fenced in. You could also use a long leash. So not a retractable leash, just a flat long leash. And you can just let the leash drag so that if you need to come and get them, you have that as a safety net. I would absolutely be training a recall as well. So... Just like the concept we talked about in episode number one, I'm going to use positive reinforcement to increase the likelihood that the dog is going to respond to a recall cue. I'm definitely going to do an episode about recalls in the future, but, you know, follow the same baseline is that if you reinforce a behavior, it's much more likely to continue. I'm using high, high value treats for recalls because, I mean, a recall could be a lifesaver. High value treats around here are chicken, cooked chicken, cheese, pepperonis, roast beef, steak. I'm whipping out the good stuff so that my dogs know if they show up, there's something really, really good in it for them. This is something that Tiva has really mastered in her long life with us. Her recall is phenomenal. I mean, I've called this dog off of deer, a mountain lion. She did not come off the porcupine. (laughs) If you haven't heard the porcupine story, don't worry. I'll get to that in a future episode. But anyways, exercise is very, very important. I understand that some people work 
normal hours and it's not as possible to get their dogs out for as much exercise. If you were working a nine to five job and you have a dog who is under two years old, I highly recommend that you enlist a dog walker. Uh, Maybe you take the dog to daycare. The dog is dog friendly. I do not think that the dog being alone for eight hours, five days a week is sustainable. So once they get older, it's easier. But I think young dogs, you really got to enlist some help. To recap, make sure that your dog is eating a nutrient-dense diet. Make sure that they have plenty of proper outlets for enrichment. Make sure that they're sleeping deep and make sure that they're getting adequate exercise. If you have questions or comments about today's episode, feel free to tag me on Instagram or Facebook, and I'm happy to answer some of your questions. I am really looking forward to episode number three, and thank you so much for tuning in to Disorderly Dogs. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to learn more about us, please check us out on Instagram at a good feeling underscore in co. You can also find us on Facebook at a good feeling dog training, as well as our website, agfdogtraining.com.